Welcome to The Wagon, presented by Sportflex, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome to another edition of the Waggle Podcast brought to you by us here at the CFL and brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. That's right, every Waggle Podcast is brought to you by Sport Clips and they are known for the Sport Clips MVP haircut experience, which includes shampoos for that scalp, a hot steam towel for that face, and sports on TV like hockey, baseball, basketball. You get legendary haircuts, but most importantly, you can watch sports like football it's good to be a guy it's good to be a sport clips guy and it's good to have football on tv davis sanchez and we thanks to you because you're going to be a part of the coverage are going to have football on tv this week last week we had the nfl draft this week we have the creme de la creme the cfl draft thank you i need some sports on my television oh my big draft board is a a hot mess now i watched the nfl draft last week so i Chase Claypool and Neville Gallimore going to second round, and now my whole board is messed up, but I'm going to rejig my board and be ready for Thursday night. Yeah, there's lots of intrigue around this draft. Nathan Rourke, the quarterback out of Ohio, a Bobcat, who did not get picked and was actually not a priority free agent signing after the fact, which was somewhat surprising, did not go in. It'll be interesting to see that how that impacts his status in the CFL draft. Nathan so Rourke is a there. gamer, DJ. He's a gamer. That's the word we keep hearing. So it's going to be really inter- interesting to see what happens with Nathan Rourke. Yeah, it will. Um, I, I, I would love to see Nathan Rourke in Winnipeg. They um, no longer have Chris Traveler as that change of pace wildcat quarterback. Nathan Rourke could get on the field early, could could be a Canadian ratio changer, play a little bit of special teams, maybe play some slot receiver, get him into some packages and play some quarterback. He could be the Taysom Hill of the CFL. But the man who will be deciding whether Nathan Rourke or anybody is part of the Great Cup champion of Winnipeg Blue Bombers is Kyle Walters. Davis, what do you say we, we holler at the GM right now? Bring him out, bring him out, bring him out. Next on the waggle, Kyle Walters breaking down the 2020 CFL draft. And if we're going to talk CFL draft on the waggle podcast, we need to be educated by a guy who knows the draft process from all angles, so much so that he put his team in position win the great cup last year by stacking together a couple great draft classes kyle walters gm of the great cup champion winnipeg blue bombers joins us and kyle thank you so much for taking time in what is normally a, a busy time for you you've seen the draft as a player you've seen it as a university coach trying to get your players ready for it and and a position coach with a big share of the responsibility on doing a lot of the homework and now leading a front office getting ready for for the draft how has the draft changed throughout the years uh well thanks for having me guys first of all and you know i remember it's much more professional now The, the cfl has done a heck of a job um elevating this this draft and uh, or, or the the combines and the regional combines and you know my draft year was 96 and it was in winnipeg it was at the golf dome 
You know, you, you were running around on, on bad Astro turf and they fed you a hamburger when you showed up and, and to watch it kind of evolve throughout the years to, to, to where it is now. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how, how far it's come and, and, and what a great job the CFL has done and, um, you know, giving all these young players, you know, the regional combines, that's, that's really important that, that, you know, nobody's going to fall through the cracks anymore. And, and it's, it's, it's out, everybody gets an opportunity to show all the CFL teams what they can do. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's fantastic with the, how far this has come. I think people underestimate the importance of having a good draft. I just looked back at the great cup last year, think the two teams who had the best Canadians ended up playing you know the last game of the year and just over the past decade or so Calgary in many ways has been a standard bearer and, and they've had great Canadians throughout how much can you improve your club via the draft well that's the key as I said when we took this over we kind of kind of tore apart the roster and said this is how we have to um uh, this is how we have to build. We have to acquire draft picks. We have to draft. We have to develop our kids and be patient with your draft picks. The, you know, the, the Drew Desjardins of the world that come in and start as rookies is pretty rare. Um, it's more, you know, the more the Michael Couture route for us where we drafted them top 10 and then, you know, let them develop for a couple of years and play. And it, it's huge for filling depth on your roster now, developmental and down the road. And, and it's, you know, it's much easier for teams like with free agency and the elevating costs of players. It's much more cost effective to uh, re-sign some of your own Canadians than to get into free agency every year from a from a cap standpoint. And you're seeing the escalating salaries um, of some of the American players uh, across the league at positions. So it it really it really helps out the cap standpoint when you can you can get some of these young Canadians in uh, playing on their rookie contracts and and as I stated it's it, generally it's much easier to resign your own guys uh, and more cost effective than uh, than going out into free agency but of course they have to be good if you want to resign them. Yeah, you guys kept almost this whole Grey Cup roster from from last season. Uh, you know, obviously losing a couple of your boundary defensive backs to the NFL, which I'm, I'm sure that's something you guys want to see and, and see those guys prosper. But uh, you don't lose much in free agency. You return a lot of guys. Uh, in the process of – actually, by the way, Kyle, you mentioned that the your draft here and the combine in Winnipeg. I also was a part of that uh, Winnipeg uh, combine a couple years later. You forgot to mention after the combine the wise guys bus picking up everyone and, and taking them to the straight to the bar after. Do, did that happen uh, your year as well? Uh, yeah, the Palomino. That's uh, like that, that wouldn't happen nowadays, I don't think. We actually, they no. actually brought a bus and picked up all the prospective draft picks and guys at the combine and took us from our hotel to a bar to, to party after the draft. Yeah, that I can't. Yeah, the, the way it's, speaking of the way it's evolved in a professional <laughs> standpoint, there's another very good example. Yeah, we need to go back to the way it used to be. Uh, you guys don't have uh, – you had four and five last year, which uh, you mentioned Drew Desjardins and, and of course, uh, Jonathan Kongbo, who signed with the Niners at, at four and five, which were great players uh, for you guys last year. You don't pick until 18. Does that change the way uh, – who you look at and how you evaluate – not how you evaluate, but, but who you look at? 
Yeah, the process is the same. Uh, I mean, we go through the exact process and, uh, you know, there's a little bit more of a reality to your discussion where we put that, put the groups together and you grade them all just as we would every year. Um, but the reality of the situation this year is we'll have to be a little bit more patient and see what happens in front of us um, to see how it shakes down. So, you know, we, we made the decision, you know, at the trade deadline last year and we had, we unanimously said, well, if, if we find ourselves in the, in the, in the spot next year's draft in the 2020 draft and things worked out pretty well and we'll be okay with it. So nobody regrets making, making the trade obviously with the way it worked out, but you know, now that we're not picking till 18, it's a little bit different and we'll just have to be a little bit more patient and wait and wait and see what happens in front of us. It's much more difficult to to predict who you're going to get. It seems with you guys and your organization character is, is a big deal. Uh, and obviously when you guys draft, you spend a lot of time in those meetings um, getting to know guys, and all, every team does this, uh, but for you guys, uh, I feel like you, you draft on, on character. A big, part, a big part of your decisions uh, are from that. Now, you're not able to be face-to-face with guys this year. What are you going to miss from that? Because uh, the interaction, I'm sure you guys are still talking to guys, whether it's video conference or, or telephone calls, but what, what do you miss from that? face-to-face evaluation with some of these young men yeah you know what it, it's it's changed but we're still able to get the information we we really what we try to do is we to follow up on your point is is one of our main objectives with the interviews is to try to pull out the passion of football do the kids love football um and, and you can get that from the way they play the game um and and hear them speak about football so we try to just get them talking football um Football IQ is a big one for us, with with certainly with Mike uh, and his staff. So we talk a lot of football. Just just let the players um, engage them in football conversations, and and you can really you can really tell a lot about somebody. And and it's in person is obviously better, but you can still get the same information over the phone in regards to how passionate, how intelligent they are in football conversations. So in, in a lot of our notes, that's what we spend some time on is is how. How do they engage from football speak and, and how passionate they are about it? And, you know, it's much more difficult over the phone to, to gauge that than, than in face to face. But we're, um, you know, we're still trying to trying to get that information the best we can. I think a CFL GM job is the most difficult job in terms of being an executive in sports you're evaluating players in different leagues different situations bringing them into the league with different rules it's it's really really tough you guys now have to do that without the benefit of a combine this year you, there were some regionals but without the benefit of having all of the top prospects in the same place at the same time when you're trying to evaluate everyone on the same playing field and they played in different offenses and defenses and different levels of play how do you find a, a common denominator to rate and discuss prospects? That that right there is the biggest challenge this year is you go through the film and you write all the reports. And, and a lot of the time, a lot of, a lot of my last comment will be, there's a lot to like about this player. I can't wait to see him in person to see if his height, weight, speed uh, matches the film and translates to the CFL level. That that didn't happen this year. We don't we don't know. So uh, you know, reading through all the report, there's still that, and and the agents are doing a good job, and and 
guys are sending it all in. And I can tell you, there's a lot of personal bests with the uh, with the with their own pro days. I've noticed a lot of, <laughs> a lot of guys getting personal bests when they're running their own pro days this year. So you take all that stuff with a grain of salt. You know, how much do you believe? Don't believe? We we dig back into the East West testing notes from last year, but those are generally those are tough because the players were just coming out of exams. You don't know it. You have to take all those with a grain of salt. So the biggest the biggest challenge is the accurate testing numbers, um, and and from a workload standpoint, the reality is with the you know the 120 guys in our system to be graded after you see them at the combine, you can knock off the bottom third just based on, you know, they, they just physically can't compete at this level. Well, we haven't been able to do that. So it's, it's actually a much, much larger workload this year because you're, nobody's, nobody's getting written off because of the the measurables. They're not because you really don't accurately know the measurables. So uh, a lot more of the game film following up with the coach is just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more work this year with a lot more uncertainty, which is, which is not good. So the other change is obviously given, you know, travel restrictions and social distancing uh, draft day will look and probably feel a little bit different since you're not going to be at your facility in a war room with everybody being able to talk about things that they happen. How will the mechanics of the actual draft, day proceedings change for the organization this year yeah normally normally you know our group's at the stadium and there's a you know there's a there's the conference there's the phone in the middle of the room that you know you call in your picks and that's that um obviously we won't be able to have the discussion in person but i mean we've had uh, ted danny my, like we've been on these zoom calls non-stop so you know we'll still be on a separate zoom call having the same discussions while the phone is sitting there muted so you know comparatively to the nfl what you saw the other night we there's not a major change from from the logistics of a cfl draft um the way it's going to look now as i said it, instead of us sitting in a room we're going to be on a on a call having on a zoom call being able to discuss and and, and go back and forth amongst the picks and and you know we're prepping to be or everyone's looking at the same the same um rankings the same depth we'll all you know make sure we're all following along so it's uh, you know and the, the cfl just had a little trial one the other day that went smooth where all the teams were on there just ran through the first couple rounds and and the way that was going to look and it all went pretty smooth so i don't i don't anticipate it being much of a disadvantage and you know that you just got to make sure your phone's on mute when you're talking strategy that's the that's the biggest <laughs> one. <laughs> there's uh, did you watch the you mentioned the nfl draft did you watch the coverage kyle yeah it was great i thought they did a great job uh, we here at the Waggle deemed uh, most likely to have a Cliff Kingsbury-like setup. We deemed that to go to Kyle Walters. Is this correct? Wow. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, good. <laughs> I expect I expect to see something similar. Um, what's what's going nice on? Something uh, live on TV. Well, it was nice just to watch something live on TV for crying out loud. I'm I, I'm craving watching sports. There was uh, they must have been high school kids out throwing the football around and I found myself on the deck watching the last night. Like, hey, this is like television now. It was, was kind of nice. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned, Kyle, that you're not going to be at Investors Group Field and you guys will be at your own places. What kind of spread does uh, Wade Miller usually have for you guys at, at Investors Group on draft day? Is it decent or how's that How's that go? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, anybody that knows Wade, that, that yeah. that's part of it. The, the, the food, the, the, the 
the beverage, everything is looked after. The post draft is looked after. That's, you know, Wade, Wade, Wade makes sure that that runs smooth. So I'm not sure, you know, we'll, we'll miss that this year. The, uh, the, the little extras that Wade provides on draft day. I've heard Wade's a good host now. So, so at your place, give us give us some of the snacks. It's a long day, so you gotta have you know you gotta have a little charcuterie plate or whatever. What are you gonna have uh, on your coffee table as you go through this uh, draft day? The charcuterie plate, eh, Davis? My yes. my wife, those are very engaging. She likes those. They're very <laughs> engaging. She said. So we're big fans of charcuterie here. So. <laughs> Wonderful. So we are at our house too. So when, when, when you come through. <laughs> When you come through my house, Kyle, I'll make sure we have one. That's one of our our, our favorites. So, uh, yeah. so no charcuterie plate for you. I I take it. But what are you gonna have? Pretzels, you caveman? No, buddy. I'm I'm all about the diet and and lean and mean, buddy. We'll we'll have uh, try not try not to eat too too terribly much during the day. And um, I can't I. I, I get a little nervous around draft. Like it's a big, exciting day. It's, you know, so I, it almost feels like back in the old days when you're a player and a, a coach, it feels like game day. That's kind of like your game day. So you get a little nervous and try to, try to fill, fill the day with, with keeping yourself busy and then uh, settle in. So I, I don't anticipate a ton of, ton of snacks trying to, trying to watch, you know, you're trying to watch on the isolation, not putting on too many pounds. A lot of the our listeners are uh, also watching the NFL stuff and following them as as you are uh, the two Canadians, Gal Moore and, and Chase Claypool, who got selected uh, in the NFL draft. Where does uh, where do guys like that go for for a GM? We know those guys aren't going to be in the CFL anytime soon, uh, but possibly down the road. How how do you gauge um, how far down? Uh, you you would select somebody like that, and knowing that they're most likely not going to come back, um, likely for a long time, maybe never. Yeah, you know, and that we we brought up earlier that one of the challenges of of this league uh, in the Canadian draft is you're 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 not selecting the best players first. You know, the 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 the, the highest rated football players are are the two young men you just mentioned that that everybody would have those two as as the top two players in our draft, and they're not going to get drafted until you know, who knows? Every team's going to have that line and it's different. I mean, those, those guys, you know, where they were drafted, they're going to get every opportunity to, to make their, their NFL team. So it goes down to the point of, all right, if, if we're still think there's value and, I'm, you know, I'll pull up the list here and you scroll down and, until you see their names. And as long as you, you still believe um, organizationally, there's a name and there's a name before them that you think can come in and compete and um, has a chance. It's, it's sort of where you draw your cutoff to the, all right, we don't think these guys have a chance. We might as well take a flyer on, on somebody that we, we might not ever see. Right. Yeah. And there's also, you know, the four other Canadians that were signed as undrafted free agents. So you have to kind of evaluate that and place them on your board um, yeah. accordingly as, as well. It, so there's a philosophy when it, comes to draft no matter the sport uh do you go for need or do you trust your board and go with the best available based on how you've ranked them i'm interested to hear your philosophy the cfl is a bit different in that there are some needs that everybody always wants you always want more canadian offensive linemen you always want more canadian receivers but do you skew one way or the other does it does it change by round or by year yeah you know i I think it changes by year we've you know back Back, you know, years back, we had to have dra- drafted an O-lineman back in the Matthias and the Sook draft years. So they had to come in and play. We didn't have anybody on the roster. We needed somebody. You know, we've kind of 
we've kind of moved away from that and had the luxury of taking more or less the best players and we see where they can fit in. Um, you know, we go through the grading process and everybody, you know, the first part of the work is everybody gets a grade and, and, and we hammer it out and come to a general consensus on a, on a grade for the player. And then what we're working through now is putting your final draft list together, which then combines obviously the overall talent. Um, but if you've got a same rated, you know, linebacker versus a receiver, then, then depending on your team situation, you, you'll rank one higher in, the, in, in your overall draft ranking. So, you know, we're, we're it's a combination, I, I guess, would, would be where it is. You certainly don't want to just reach, you don't want to get into the habit of reaching for lower rated players just because you need a spot. I think that's very dangerous in the CFL where, you know, generally there's you know a handful of guys that you classify as starters so if you have an opportunity to and you view a player as a starter even though it might not be a need now you, you know it might maybe a year from now that'll change so i think it's a dangerous situation to to pass up quality potential starting canadians just to fill need somewhere else take us through the process of evaluating that player before you know he gets to your board and eventually maybe you know you're you're turning in his name and making it a pick when does that process start is it you know it towards a senior year is it a, as a freshman are you looking at kids in the recruitment in high school when does the evaluation for top prospects start for you guys well i guess their names become relevant throughout the university process between between ted Gavai in the east and me in the west here we 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 both coached at the U sport level we, we know everybody at the level so we, we stay pretty much in tune throughout um, the entire process and rosters with kids, but you know, it gets pretty serious at the East West bowl, which is again, disappointing for next year's draft crew that there's not going to be an East West bowl. So, you know, this, this draft crew really gets rolling at the East West bowl last year, where we get to see them um, compete and in person and practice against each other. Uh, you follow them through their senior years and, and we try to get to as many games as we can and watch them and, um, and then generally, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have good conversations with the coaches. We'll talk about the rosters. We'll try to, based on all of that information, um, those names that, that kind of pass that first filter, which is, you know, we've seen them at the East West bowl, or we've talked to their coaches or something, something, some, some quality, um, whether it's seeing them, whether it's talking to their coaches, they go into our master system positionally. Uh, and once you go into that system, then you're going to get your film broken down and we'll study a little bit more deeper. And then that that's where I spend a lot of my time is I'll go through, you know, I'll go through the 120 players that have kind of passed that first filter and, and we'll watch a bunch of games. I'll watch a, I'll watch a bunch of games from them, try to make a 25 play cut up that I think sums up this player's overall attributes um, I'll make those up and then I will grade each of those players and then then Ted Ted will grade them um, Mike will grade them then a big part of what we do before we hit the combine circuit the three of us kind of lock ourselves in a room and we start comparing grades and figuring out why will somebody like why didn't and, and try to come up with what we'll call a pre combine master grade that the three of us have come to then generally you hit the road come back with more information, change your grades. We get the coaches involved, you know, um, have all of that information. And then when it's all said and done, there's a final master grade put on that player with all of the information that you have. 
Um, once that master grade goes into the system, then we pull them all up. And now you start putting what I'm looking at now is our, our, our overall draft ranking list, um, which then factors in uh, positional need and how they make the roster. That's the discussions that have been heavy for the last week, player by player. Long-winded answer. I apologize. Oh, that's that that's that's great. <clears throat> that's great intel. And it, I do think there is some depth in in this draft. And you know, we're gonna have it for eight rounds. I remember when I first started really paying attention to the draft. By the end of it, you know, there were teams who you know didn't even want to pick because they 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 knew players at that point were not gonna make the roster. They didn't want to pay for them to come for camp. I don't think we're in that scenario now in terms of the CFL. What would you say to a kid who doesn't hear their name called uh, this week? What advice w- would you give those prospects? Well, get a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know you know what's happened because you're right. Back back then, certain players wouldn't get opportunities. But what the league has done is open up to these regional combines and allow kids that maybe aren't the top fifty prospects. To get out there and, and show and you know we had a couple last year with Kerfala Exame who was a last round draft pick who was you know made, makes our team and is one of the you know top, excellent top, top in the league in special teams tackles one of the top guys on special teams tackles you know he just he wasn't he played field corner at Montreal which you know at the, at the U sport level you can play field corner for for days on end and and not see a ton of action. So it was hard to get a feel for him. He shows up at the regional combine and looks pretty good and impressive. And and you do a little more digging. And he was, he was a far more advanced special teams player than most kids. I mean, he was well coached by, by Byron Archambault up in Montreal and, and he took it serious and and he knew what he was doing. And then uh, a kid like Nick Hallett, who we took just before that, you know, he, he didn't have a great senior year. He was injured. He was kind of off the radar. He shows up at a regional combine and honestly didn't know much about him. He passed the eyeball test, competed, played hard. We went back and dug into his prior year's film and it's like there's something about this guy. So, you know, I think I think everybody can find with these regional combines, we're just exposed to so many more players. And, you know, if you focus on focus on you know, one or two things that you find and even the back end players that they do well, you know, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can grow them. Maybe they can go back to school and, and, and develop for a year. And it's all you need is a shot. You know what I mean? You just keep working hard. And when you get an opportunity, you take the most of it. And that's what Kerfala did. Yeah. Yeah. It only takes, it only takes one. Just got to get into a training camp and see what happens. Right. Stay healthy, right. get into a training camp, stay healthy and see what happens. That's right. Yeah, true, true enough. Um, Kyle, one of my draft pet peeves, and maybe I'm missing something. Maybe you can explain it to me and the listener and, and the fans. Is why at one when said team has been on the clock for literally months, why do they take their entire allotment to make their pick? Don't don't you know who who you're turning in the the card for? You're not going to get an a offer that blows you away in the last five minutes or so. Am I missing something? Yes, sometimes that's TSN controlled. So just because the pick's not being announced, it, it's all timing, and TSN needs to run their show. So even if even if um, Calgary turns their pick in one second after the draft starts, you you know they got to do their intros. They got to talk about some prospects. You know Who, who's on the panel this year? Forty. It is uh, myself, Forty, Farhan, and Dave Naylor. 
I see 40. I saw him on something the other day without the, uh, uh, without the uh, beard dye, good lord, he's the <laughs> pandemic's hurting him. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can admit small. that I'm falling in that same category a bit with the beard dye. Yes. <laughs> wow, you guys are old. <laughs> it's a little secret. The secret that uh, COVID has uh, exposed us, exposed our age uh, to everybody. Yeah. Interesting. That's, so that's I think that has as much to do with it. So uh, you know that that if every if every team just instantly sent the pick in second after it started davis would get no no facetime that's, that's, that's right that would be, that's right. That would be we, all, we all need the davis facetime on tsm <laughs> it's gonna be fun um, it should be fun i'd be looking forward to seeing your setup there kyle we're expecting nothing short of a cliff kingsbury type setup in your home office well that's a lot of pressure i'll get a you know what i'll get one of those backdrops or something that you see on zoom calls and i'll really make it look good <laughs> Some palm trees. I'll have a virtual suite uh, draft set up. Perfect. Lastly, before we let you go, and, and you mentioned kind of the pandemic and, and COVID getting the best of us, what organizationally can you guys do to to support and, and help your, your players and your coaches kind of get through this real time of uncertainty? Is, is there anything that, that you guys have done as, as an organization? Yeah, you know what, Al, our trainer staff is staying on top of everybody. And it's just, you know, in these times of uncertainty, it's just try to try to stay healthy. The, the best thing we can all do is, is get healthy and, 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 and stay isolated and, you know, just try to find ways to work out. It was, you know, it's interesting talking to all the draft players about how kids are trying to stay fit. It's, you know, try to try to try to stay fit, try to stay mentally sharp. Um, and when when the word comes down to get going, then then be ready to roll. So that, you know, it's just try to try to stay positive. Um, trust that, you know, we're going to get through this, just not sure when. And, and when the time comes, we'll be ready to go and can't wait to get playing football. Well, we can't wait to watch it. We can't wait uh, to watch something live again. And so we're looking forward to the draft and your team selections uh, and to see the Bombers fans react to who are going to be the new additions to the Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That sounds pretty good saying it. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time, Kyle. Hey, there's a uh, there's a contest the Bombers are, are running, I just found out. If you guys go online, you can enter, and after the draft, you could receive a call from Kyle Walters. So, Davis, you might want to enter that contest, and you get a call from me after the draft. I like that. Check, we'll check that out. Check out uh, the Bombers' website for that info. I'm hoping somebody. I'm hoping somebody enters. I'm making my family sign up so that at least somebody somebody enters the contest. Uh, DJ still DJ still hopes and wonders if he'll ever get that draft call. So he he could pretty much count on one guy. Uh, DJ still signing up. Well, when you yeah, reference I, I, guys, it's time to move on. I think that's fair for DJ. <laughs> Yeah, I still I still have that Blue Bombers hat and, and jersey that I'm waiting <laughs> to hold up. So I guess I'll I'll continue to wait. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks, Kyle. And thank you again to Kyle Walters. Listen, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, if you want to get the call, maybe you didn't ball enough to get the call for real. But if you want to get the call, make sure you join that promotion that the Blue Bombers are having, and you can get a phone call. Maybe if you can push the envelope, get a FaceTime or a or a, a WhatsApp video from Kyle Walters himself. A lot of interesting stuff there. Davis, to me, it was interesting to hear the process of how this 
prospects are evaluated, ranked, re-ranked, discussed, graded, and graded, all in an effort to put together a board that reflects the attributes that the Blue Bombers are looking for. That was some good insight from Kyle as to how uh, the process or on how they come up with their evaluations. He didn't seem all that nervous, did he? He didn't seem all that stressed out. And that's what happens when you uh, you have the last pick in the draft, which they don't have because it was traded away, but they would have because they're the great cup champs. And like I believe Rick Campbell said to me a couple of years back, you want to pick ninth every single year. And that's uh, this group is not going to be a major player in Winnipeg in the, in the draft because of they traded away their first pick, uh, which is nine uh, to Toronto for, for Zach. And, uh, and, and they don't have uh, any picks in the first round, so they won't be major players, but it's good to hear um, the process and, and how, how they uh, go about things. They've been pretty good. Um, for the most part, especially in the in the middle rounds of, of their drafts in the last few years. Yeah, they have been able to find value late. They will be looking to do that as their first pick is 18th overall. We are going to recap what they do, what all of the CFL teams do later this week, next week on The Waggle. So make sure you listen to that. Dwayne Ford, the draft guru, the guy who could step in to any CFL market right now and be the VP of football ops or the general manager, really the president. Uh, he could do it right now because he knows that much about all of these prospects. I remember working with him at the score and he would know, I'm telling you, the most random things like this American kid had grandparents who had a cottage somewhere in Canada and he spent his summers there and if you add up the amount of time he spent in Canada he would qualify to be a Canadian at the time you know that that's the type of intel he has from these just random google searches that he does in the middle of the night he truly is the Canadian draft guru and he's going to be on with us next week to react to what happens in the draft in between time what you can do is you can like, you can favorite, you can share, you can rate this podcast right here and go through the archives uh, to find the topic or a guest that you really want to listen to. But for now, thank you for listening to this one. This has been The Waggle. The Waggle, presented by Sport Clips, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.